Welcome to It's Your Community with Vanessa Denha, a public affairs presentation of News Talk 760 WJR. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to It's Your Community. I'm Vanessa Denhagarmo here. So many people are getting out again and reuniting with friends and family. And what a better place to go to than the Detroit Zoo. To talk with us about the Detroit Zoological Society is Rochelle Spence, Senior Communications Manager. Rochelle, how are you? I'm doing well, Vanessa. I love that mindset. Yeah, come on over to the zoo. Yeah, what else? What a better place to go to in, in, in our area and all of the state. In fact, I know people drive in from other states as, as well mm -hmm. to see our zoo. So what is what are people going to see right now? What are they noticing new with the zoo, Michelle? Well, everything changed for so many of us in March 2020, and we have just been gradually reopening things, making new additions, and we're so excited. Something that comes to mind right off the bat, we have two new sea otters. They went out earlier this month over the 4th of July holiday weekend. So a female Ollie, she's 10, and then a male Monty, who's almost one. His birthday's in just a couple of days here. They were both rescued from Santa Cruz, California. So Ollie, the 10-year-old, was rescued back in 2010. She was about two weeks old and stranded. And then Monty was found stranded at just one day old last Aww. year. What they always try to do, I know, so young, what they always try to do in these situations is put them back into the wild if they can. But both mm. of them, Ali and Monty, were determined to be non-releasable by the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service. So, so how do they end up stranded? How does that work? Like, how do they end happens, up stranded? It happens really often with sea otters. They get separated from their mom. So their pups, they're not that strong of swimmers. Um, similar things can happen with penguins as well. So people there, they really keep an eye on them from the coast and they wait and they hope that they'll be reunited with mom and in cases where you see they're not, you know, and they're not mm. getting food and they're not getting that care, then, then they're taken in. So they were most recently cared for by the Aquarium of the Pacific. They helped them with their move over here to Detroit. Their animal care staff came out and just really helped with the transition. So many things you wouldn't think of, you know, particularly Ollie, she's 10. She's a lifestyle she's very accustomed to over at that aquarium. So they taught our animal care staff exactly how she likes to be fed. And it was the most adorable thing to watch. I'll try to describe it so you can kind of envision it. But she comes right up to the ledge and she just almost like barrel rolls on her side repeatedly over and over wow. and over again. And our animal care staff takes like a bucket of seafood. She loves shrimp, squid. You know, she's she's got an expensive palate. She loves seafood and you toss it right at her chest and your timing has to be perfect. And she scoops it up off of her chest and puts it in in her mouth and if you mess up that timing or you miss her chest she'll let you know <laughs> so wow <laughs> it, was, it was really it was really funny you know to watch them say exactly how they like to be fed exactly how they like to be called in and if you're visiting the zoo you can see them from the walkway so they're right where i don't know Vanessa, if you ever saw the the seals. Oh but yeah right oh, by, yeah right by the polar bears so the seals moved to other zoos in september and that's now where the sea otters are. But then you can also see them from the Arctic Ring of Life tunnel. And that's that, you know, underwater experience where you can see nuka, polar bear nuka, and you can also see Ali and Monty. So it's pretty cool. There has been some confusion. We revealed the sea otters last week on social media. And people, wait, you already had otters. They're up front. So now we have both river otters and sea otters. River oh. otters have a habitat up front. Sea otters are over in the Arctic Ring of Life. 
Very good. And so um, along with the sea otters, you also have, um, we saw on social media, a new bird. So tell us about that. And tell us about your social media platforms that people can follow too, Michelle. Absolutely. So our primary ones, we have Facebook, which is Detroit Zoo, Instagram, Detroit Zoo, and Twitter, Detroit Zoo. We keep things really simple. We also have a page on Facebook for the Belle Isle Nature Center, which I know a lot of families enjoy. That's just open for outdoor programming right now. But yeah, we were highlighting Neo. It's that bird you were talking about. She's a Southern cassowary. I'm not sure if you've heard of cassowaries they're pretty interesting i've she never from, i've never heard of that okay you're gonna have to google a little photo maybe while we're talking or something so you mm -hmm. can you can I'm gonna see look. what they look like here but neo came from the nashville zoo she just celebrated her first birthday the animal care staff here spoiled her they made like a big it looked like a cake but it was all made of fruit she loves fruit and she is right by the anteaters which to help people understand was previously the bush dog habitat. So over there kind of by the barn. And the reason I told you to search cassowary and she's a Southern cassowary is when she gets older, she is going to be strikingly beautiful. Ooh, wow, have, these are beautiful birds. Right? A vivid oh my gosh. and teal face. I don't know the photos you're looking at, if you can see. Yeah, I see it. Yeah, the teal face is so cool. Models, yes, yeah. Hang down from the neck. Yeah. And then she already has this a little bit. It's called a cask and it's right on top of her head. And it's essentially like a little helmet. Scientists, researchers, they're not entirely sure what that cask is for, but some mm. believe it's like a form of communication. Um, I don't know if it's something to do with the sounds, the echo or vibrations or what, but they think that might be what that cask is for. They grow larger as they get older. Um, but by primarily, I would argue, cassowaries are really known for their sharp claws. They've been given the nickname, the most dangerous bird. And oh. one toenail grows to be about five inches long and this toenail it looks like a dagger it it's wow. if they ever feel threatened they use that nail as a weapon and you know for those of you listening and trying to visualize this bird it's about the size of an emu or an ostrich with a with a five inch nail wow they say yeah. it's um one of the most dangerous exotic birds yeah uh, because yep. of that wow that's an I, yeah this is I interesting. Is this the first time the Detroit Zoo has set, had such a bird? Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is the very first cassowary. So her name is Neo. She's one right now. If you go to her habitat, you're going to be like, oh, she's a cute little thing, but she's, <laughs> she's yeah. going to get more, yeah. more colorful. Yeah. Yeah. Just don't go. Just don't go near her. So how, tell us again, like, how do you end up with um, like first time animals? How does they end up at the Detroit Zoo for you to get a cassowary or another kind of first time animal for the zoo. How does that happen? Yes, yeah, so we, have, we have all different departments and our curator or assistant curator of birds, her name is Bonnie. And, you know, she has a lot of say. She has a lot of say in what types of birds and animals she'd like to see around here. And, you know, she'll go to our leadership team and plant seeds if you will, about cassowaries and her love for cassowaries. And, you know, something I'll share here is we love having flightless birds, you know, birds who really thrive in the habitat at the Detroit Zoo, and you can provide exceptional animal welfare. Um, so this is a bird 
that wouldn't fly in the wild. This is, you know, a habitat that's very naturalistic for her. Mm -hmm. And so I think that was that was a big pull. And the Nashville Zoo had her as a baby. And, and typically you want to separate so you can have some different genes, some different genetics and diversity there. And so they were looking for a home for her and and we snatched her right up. We adored Neo. So Rochelle, also tell us about the new ha um, habitats for baby booms over there. So tell us about that. <laughs> <laughs> we did have quite the baby boom. We were kind of bummed out that it happened, you know, when it did because we closed down and we've been limiting capacity. And so now we finally feel like we can responsibly spread the word. We had lion cub Binti and Binti made her arrival before the pandemic. Binti was born, she's a girl. She was born in September. So she is, do some quick math here. She's about nine months old now. And Binti has grown so quickly. I can't tell you how many times I have walked by that lion habitat and thought, oh, bummer, Binti's not out today. This is an adult. Oh, this is Binti now. <laughs> she she has grown so fast. She doesn't even look like a little lion cub. I'm, I'm sure some people think that it's not her. She was the first lion born at the zoo since 19. 80. And, and that's not because, you know, we tried for decades and were unsuccessful. That's actually because we were strictly focused on rescuing and just rescues mm. we weren't attempting breeding at all. Um, Binti's father is a rescue. It's really neat, you know, working here now, something that I'll admit when I was just a visitor, I kind of took for granted all the signage. It's a really neat experience if you add a little time to your trip and you read the signs that are outside of habitats. Binti's father, Simba, is an incredible rescue story. He lived with a royal family over in Qatar. Wow. Found sanctuary at the Detroit Zoo in 2012. So this royal family, you know, they had a lion. He kept getting bigger. And it got to the point where they needed to voluntarily hand him over. We had another lion who was rescued from a junkyard. You know, she was kind of the oh, wow. protector to scare other people away from the junkyard. We've had lions uh, rescued because MSP pulls someone over and they've got a little cub in the backseat. So with so many lions being rescued, it really, you know, wasn't the time to breed for quite a while. And so Binti was just exciting that we finally had the ability to bring one, one little cub hub into mm -hmm. the Detroit family. Rochelle, is it um, common for Detroit, uh, the zoological societies, whether it be Detroit or other parts of other zoos in the country, to rescue animals who shouldn't be uh, taken as pets like tigers and lions? And um, I know that some people like to have them as pets, but they're not supposed to be mm -hmm. uh, pets for families. So is, are they often rescued from people like that? Absolutely. And, you know, I wish I had more of the numbers off the top of my head. Yeah. Unfortunately, we okay. don't. But so many species here at the zoo are rescues. And that's that's mm. something, you know, so many people don't realize, especially when it comes to the big mammals you talked about, tigers, lions, but then also reptiles. That's another one. If you walk around the Holden Reptile Center and you read the signs, you will see how many, um, I believe it was a lizard who hopped on a truck from a Ford plant down in Mexico. And mm -hmm. so, or maybe it was a part supplier, it was somewhere down in Mexico that when it got to the Ford plant here in Metro Detroit, you know, it, it needed sanctuary and it needed care. So that was one, it couldn't, it couldn't certainly thrive in a Detroit climate. Um, countless snakes that have been found at DTW, TSA or other oh, TSA. Wow. 
whenever that yeah. happens, they reach out to local zoos and sanctuaries to, to try to find a home for that animal. So we're talking with Rochelle Spence here this morning on Itcher Community from the Detroit Zoological Society. It's so wonderful to get back out and about again and as we move past COVID in this pandemic. And a lot of people, Rochelle, are very excited to see offerings events at the zoo again. So tell us what's coming up. I, I know a lot of the events couldn't happen in 2020 because of the pandemic, but what's what are we expected to see coming up this year? Yeah, absolutely. So we kind of got back into the swing of things with Buddy's Pizza. That's a chain that's known for its Detroit-style pizza. It's almost too good. It's unfair. I've celebrated its 75th anniversary. It's so cheesy and delicious. Uh Uh, And Buddy's has a location here, which is unfortunate for me because I get one. (laughs) It's actually (laughs) one of my favorite pizzas. Honestly, it's the best pizza. It's so good. And they they offer salads too, but magically I just always order pizza. get to the counter. Um, So our first event where we were able to invite media and really have a good time with the visitors, we let the animals get in on that 75th birthday celebration. So we had the Arctic foxes, the grizzly bears, and then it was the wolves. And they all got very diet specific Detroit style pizzas. So, you know, the bears, for example, the grizzly bears, they had a veggie and fish pizza and buddies had kind of spread the word about it. And I was so surprised how many people came just to watch them be fed and watch them, you know, enjoy that. So that was really nice just to get back into the swing of things with media events for the first time since March, 2020, but still to come, we have yoga at the zoo that happens most Mondays and Wednesday mornings. And then Thursday evenings, you know, some people like their yoga in the morning, some people like it as an end of the day wrap. So we do Monday and Wednesday mornings, Thursday evenings at the zoo. And what's really neat about this, Vanessa, each session is by a different animal habitat. So I believe the last one was right outside the rhinos and every session's a little bit different. That's $25 a person. And then if fitness is your thing, this is another option, leaps and Eats. And this mm-hmm. is more of my kind of workout. I'm a cardio person. I, when I do yoga and you're supposed to be in this meditative, relaxed state, I'm like thinking of what I need to pick up at the grocery store, going over a checklist in my head. So I opt more for the leaps and beats. This is an aerobic workout se- session. So dance, jazz, modern, lyrical, really get your heart rate up. And this is always in the same place. It's right by the fountain on Tuesdays. So mm-hmm. which one are you? Are you more of a yogi or a, or a cardio? No, person? I have to do stuff. I, yeah. I like I like to relax, but I like to play a sport. I love kickboxing and yeah. bagboxing. I, I love boxing classes. So, but yoga We're outnumbered fun. though. Uh-huh. We're outnumbered. Like, I will totally admit I'm in the minority on that one. All my friends and family, they love yoga. And they always try to get me to go. And yeah, <laughs> like, I'm I like the, I like the leaps and beats here because I like the dance, the jazz, and I love dancing and stuff like that. Uh, oh, I love it. Um, something else super excited to announce. Sunset at the zoo is back. This is a 21 and older fundraising event. And if you've never been food, just, you know, we've got restaurants represented from all across Metro Detroit, drinks, live entertainment, usually a variety of entertainment, and then also an auction. So it's a live auction and it has really unique prizes. So things that are zoo specific, you know, maybe a behind the scenes tour of a certain habitat or getting 
being able to mingle with penguins, you know, really neat auction prizes. There are three different levels of tickets. So some of them get you in early, some of them get you complimentary valet. You can go on our website and check that out. And I did right before our interview, take a peek at the base level. There are only about a hundred tickets left for that for that main level. So if you want to get in on that, sunset at the zoo, it's Friday, August 27th from 6:30 to 10:30 p.m. You'll want to decide pretty quickly because capacity is less this year. We just really want to keep everybody safe. So about a hundred of those base tickets left. So that's very exciting. So they can go to the Detroit Zoo for all the events, Rochelle. Can we go to the Detroit Zoo website and just find and register or anything like that? Yeah, so DetroitZoo.org, there's an events tab right at the top. And those three events I just mentioned are the three that are on there. Yoga at the Zoo, Leaps and Beats, and Sunset at the Zoo. The theme for this year is the future is bright, and you can buy tickets for all three. That's awesome. So, Michelle, tell us about this uh, 11-year-old from Oxford, Blake Myers. What new title does he have now? Yeah, that's actually how we got connected. I sent out a yes, yeah, on him and that, you know, kind of spurred into this. But Blake, as you mentioned, 11 from Oxford, he is our new mayor of Amphibaville. So uh, what that is, is it's essentially a, a two acre area here at the Detroit Zoo that is all focused on amphibian conservation, something that's so near and dear to our hearts. Uh, there were hundreds of essays for people wanting to be, you know, in the running for this mayor position. And it was open to kids 7 to 12 in Michigan. It's a two-year term. So there's hundreds of essays. We read every single one. We narrowed it down to 10, and then we narrowed it down to 5, and then we narrowed it down to 3. It was so hard. There were a group of us just reading those over and, and weighing everything out. When we got to the final three, we did Zoom interviews. And Blake just really stood out because you'll get to know him more in the months to come. But he is just very conversational. He's very charismatic. He's very curious. That was the word we all used to describe him just in mm. asking questions. And we really hope that he'll spread that curiosity to other kids. He wants to create a newsletter. It'll be monthly called The Amazing Amphibians. <laughs> very, very ambitious. He wants to do a 5K race benefiting the National Amphibian Conservation Center and just really educate others on how to preserve habitats, how to create new ones. He's got a plaque up in the National Amphibian Conservation Center. He was so excited to see that. And he's he has some big shoes to fill. I hate to say that because I don't want to put pressure on this 11-year-old, yeah. but our outgoing mayor, she did so much. She's 14 now. She was only nine uh, when she was appointed. She was from Shelby Township, I believe. Mm. And so she was there to help him be sworn in. Uh, but during her tenure, Trinity was one of 10 students nationally recognized by the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency. She received a, uh, the President's Environmental Youth Award. She submitted a proclamation to then-Governor Rick Snyder to declare a statewide amphibian conservation awareness week. That was adopted. That's something everyone acknowledges now the first week of December. She just did, she did so much. And, you know, the families are really close. And I saw them exchange numbers. And Trinity's Aww. family say, if you need anything, you know, we can help. And it's it's a big job and it's all about spreading the word to other kids and we're just so excited for him 
That's awesome. That's really nice that they are collaborating too. And, and Trinity's family is not going to mentor uh, Blake Myers yeah. and their family. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yes. Way to collaborate and communicate and connect with people in the community. And that's what we're all about here on It's Your Community. We're talking with Rochelle Spence from the Detroit Zoological Society. And the DetroitZoo.org has a homepage of a live camera. So tell us about that. That gets a lot of media attention. Yeah, our Peregrine Falcon camera, WDIV, just I worked with them to do a story on this the other day. 15,000 people watched that live stream just in June alone. So if you're not familiar, uh, the Peregrine Falcon camera this year highlights a female falcon named Velcro. Uh, she's in the water tower nesting box. She came from Toronto and her mate, uh, the male, we're not sure where he came from because he's not banded, but they had three chicks. And so people were able to watch Velcro lay those eggs. They hatched at the end of May, which was super exciting. Uh, they once were endangered. They're not anymore. Uh, that was why the nesting box was created and people get very invested in seeing, you know, that species kind of survival come back. I can give you the latest update, which is two of those chicks just fledged. So mm. they successfully left the nest. They're flying. They're, you know, going uh. into adulthood. One though did fledge unsuccessfully. So I don't know if it's a boy or a girl, but they are with a rehabber right now. Aww. So that one will now be banded. And in the future, people will know, okay, this this one came from the Detroit Zoo and it'll carry on from there. So expected to make a full recovery, just left the nest a little too quickly. So Aww. getting getting some PLC. That's great. So what is the capacity restrictions right now and requirements for reservations at the Detroit Zoo? So we just bumped it up to 7,500 people a day, which may sound like a lot, but we still, we sell out because so many people are wanting to go back to the swing of things. Um, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't rare for us in the past to have a 10,000 day. So right now it is capped at 7,500. And you know, what I'd really love to share with people is one of the reasons for that is staffing. We don't want to have so many people in that we're not able to provide the experience people have come to expect, if that makes sense. So, you know, you think of things like food and beverage, it's really difficult to hire right now. And you will see that everywhere. That's not zoo specific or Metro Detroit specific across the state. You'll see a lot of hiring now signs and maybe signs on drive-through speakers that say, hey, we're short staffed. We appreciate your patience. And so we're doing the best that we can can to hire and make it so you don't have long lines and make it so that every restaurant in the zoo can be open every day, full hours. But for right now, we're still at that 7,500 person capacity. And that's just so when you get in, you know, things run smoothly. The reservation requirement will be going away soon. So I'm happy to share. I know a lot of people love to just, you know, wake up some days and decide that's nice out. Let's go to the zoo. And they don't want to have to pick a specific day and a specific time. So we hope to lift that very quickly. And so many things have reopened recently. The carousel, the red panda canopies, you can walk across, across the habitat. The Wildlife Interpretive Gallery, which has the butterfly house that has butterflies in it again. The giraffe building, so you can go and see them from inside. The hangout, which I'm embarrassed to admit this, I didn't even know existed. Tucked away back kind of by the rhinos, in between rhinos and the Japanese macaques, there is a building called the hangout, which has a sloth and has bats. Did you know oh, that was there? I actually did not know that. I didn't know anything okay. about bats being there. <laughs> and I've been know. to the zoo many, 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 many Me times. Too. <laughs> Me too. And when I started working here, yeah. they're like, hey, we're reopening the hangout tomorrow. And I said, oh, 
Oh, cool. what is that? Um, we also reopened the reptile building, the barn area, the wolf log cabin, and then that Arctic ring of life tunnel. That's awesome. So much, so many wonderful things to see at the zoo. It's a great family outing. Great. Uh, uh, I'm sure schools are uh, excited about getting back to those field trips they did at the Detroit Zoo as well. So a couple of things, uh, guests that I've had on many times over the years, Ron Kagan, uh, yeah. still set to retire this summer. So tell us about that. Uh, it's going to be such a transition. He has been our CEO here and executive director for 28 years. So wow. three decades of, I've been affectionately calling them the Kagan decades. He hates when I do that. <laughs> kind of cringes a little bit. Um, but for members, if you're a Detroit Zoological Society member, we have a quarterly magazine that goes out. It's called Habitat. And that will be going out. Oh, good. I'm, I'm crossing my fingers here. It should be going out in the next week or two. But this one is all about Ron, all about Ron's 28-year legacy. We kind of joke around the office that it's it's a time person of the year type issue. He's just done so much here. And yes, there's a staff. There's an amazing volunteer base, a board and more. But he is truly a visionary and the glue that kind of keeps everyone together. So I'm excited for people to see this issue it talks about some incredible animal rescues, events people love and how they started like Dinosauria or Meet Your Best Friend at the zoo and the really important conservation work that happens here as well. So it's got a little timeline at the bottom with the years everything started and it's just very nostalgic to flip through the pages. So what else, Rochelle, uh, uh, Rochelle do you wanna share with us here in Nature Community before we let you go? Oh, let's circle back to babies because I am just so excited about this. In addition to Binti, um, if you come to the zoo right now, we have a Japanese macaque, Umi, little boy born in April. We have two polar bear cubs, Astra and Lerka. They were born in November. Astra's always out with Suka during the day. Lerka was hand-reared and goes out before and after zoo hours and pretty exciting um, to provide her some companionship. We're in the works right now to get a grizzly bear cub. Um, and if that all works out, visitors can see the two of them grow up together. Also a wallaby joey named Bucky. I know I'm not the staff favorites. Bucky's kind of a favorite of mine. Uh, they first, the animal care staff first saw movement in mom's pouch back in February, Mama Eloise, Bucky's mm -hmm. head, I think poked out around March. And by the end of April, he had fully left the pouch. So wow. when you get to him in that Australian outback habitat, you know, it's it's pretty exciting. He's the first wallaby Joey in 10 years. And wow. then we've got red panda Scarlet. She just turned one this month and you can see her from the canopy walkway. They do a lot of tree climbing. So you always have to look up and a couple prairie dog pups as well. When I was a kid, that was my favorite habitat, getting to pop in and out of those tunnels and see the prairie dogs up close. So quite quite the baby boom, Vanessa. Yeah, yeah. And we want to wrap this up with just some of the other amenities. We have about a minute so left with you here, Rochelle. Tell us about the food and social media pages and that you fact that you can have birthday celebrations uh, yeah. as you wrap it up here. What else? Would, we have about a minute or so left here. Perfect. Zatar is a Mediterranean style restaurant, lots of vegan options that just opened up behind the carousel. It's open weekends right now. And then Table 28 is opening later this month. They've got the good stuff, mac and cheese, chicken tenders, French fries. Mm. That might might be some buddies competition for my lunch break. Uh, the zoo opened in 1928. So fun fact, that's why it's called Table 28. But you can keep up with us, all of our reopenings, new habitats, new restaurants on our social media pages. That's a great place to learn about animal welfare and conservation, but also just stay in the know. And it's Detroit Zoo on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. 
Thank you, Rochelle Spence, for joining us here in Itcher Community from the Detroit Zoological Society. Appreciate all the information you shared with us here. Absolutely. Thank you for having us, Vanessa. We appreciate it. Definitely have you on again. If any questions or comments show topics you want me to get to, you can find me, Vanessa Denha, at my Epiphany Communications and Coaching website. You can also find me on all social media platforms. I have a Facebook for Epiphany Co Communications and Coaching as well. You can find me on Twitter, LinkedIn, uh, Instagram. You can private message me on any of my social media platforms as well. As always, we remind our listeners to connect, collaborate, and to communicate with your community. Thanks for listening. It's Your Community, a public affairs presentation of News Talk 760 WJR.